Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. We've been looking at how to approach God. Now, the goal of this series on, that I've called uh, How to Pray Effective Prayers, the goal to this series isn't to get you to pray more. You're probably thinking, gee, I thought that would have been a great goal. It is a great goal to some extent, but a lot of other religions pray a lot more than Christians do. Some of them pray like a lot, a lot, but they aren't effective prayers because they're praying to, I won't even say a wrong God, but often a God that doesn't even exist. A lot of people are praying to the universe. Well, I've got news for you. The universe doesn't hear you. All those stars out there and galaxies and, you know, all the rest of it, the, uni- the universe was created by the person that we're, we're to pray for, pray with, rather. The universe isn't listening to you. I know that's very popular, but how impersonal is that? I've looked up into the night sky, and it's dark some stars out there. I'm not praying to darkness in a universe and some cosmic force. We're praying to a person. Now, other people pray to uh, God. Some people say the man upstairs. Uh, Other people use the word Lord. Uh, it's, It's interesting when I listen to people pray how they refer to God. Lord God, God, Lord man upstairs, God, whatever, whatever, whatever. Today we're going to look at something, one word that encapsulates, I believe, all of these things. Now, we are praying to the Lord God Almighty. We sing about the Lord God Almighty. He is the Lord God Almighty. He created it all, and he created you, and he created you to have fellowship with him, with him, not the universe or some abstract thing, not chanting a mantra, Uh, or counting beads or whatever it is that uh, so many do. Uh, You know, we we had students staying with us, Gail and I, from Saudi Arabia. They're Muslims. If you're a Saudi, you're a Muslim. That's just the way it goes. (laughs) They prayed five times a day. They would say, oh, got to go upstairs, got to pray, put their mat out, pray, you know, toward Mecca. Uh, But they weren't praying to the God that we pray to. And there's one word that's not in the Quran, it's not in their vocabulary, and it's not in the book of Bo- the books of Buddha either, and uh, it's, it just isn't in, in Hinduism either, and it's not in any other major religion. And we're going to look at that word today as we look at the second way to approach God. Now, just a refresher for all of us, last week we looked at to approach God, you have to believe that he is. Not that he's just some cosmic thing out there, but he's a person. And we're created in his image. And because we're not cosmic things, and we're created in his image, we are people, we are personalities, we have identity. Because we're uh, people, we're individuals, God's a person too, because we're created in his image. Do you understand that? Now, he is a person, of course, is way beyond, uh, you know, our our finite minds. He is infinite. 
but he is very much a person. God created man in his image. Go back to Genesis and, and read about it. But the first word in Hebrews eleven six, it's uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must approach God in faith because first it says you must believe that he is. So we're not praying to somebody that doesn't exist and it's not just our imagination going wild. You must believe that he is and it says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not what you can get out of the deal, but seeking him. The heart of God is the purpose in prayer. When we approach God, we're not seeking some transactional benefit for us. We're seeking him. That's, that's how we approach God, first by faith. And all of these begin with the letter F. So the first one is faith. You have to approach God in faith, believing that he is and that he will reward you when you diligently seek him, not the answer to your prayer. Although we do want an answer to our prayer, prayer that gets results. So the second thing that begins with F and how to approach God this morning, we're going to look at this. Some of you have guessed, you've told me, you've, you've had your best shot at what's the second thing, uh, and you've all been wrong. Well, no, one person did get it right, <laughs> and uh, applause for that. But, uh, you know, the second thing, Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 6, when he's about to teach his disciples on prayer, how to pray. They, they asked him, Lord, how do we pray? They saw the result between his prayer life, the result, which was incredible, miracles. They saw that, 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 that prayer brings results. And again, that's what we're looking at, prayer that, that brings results, not just no result prayer. So they asked him that question. And we'll go over to um, Matthew chapter 6. We want to pray effective prayers, not just the length of prayer, how frequently we do it. But in, in Matthew chapter 6, we're just going to look at a couple verses here. But Jesus says this, when you pray, somebody said, and rightly so, not if you pray, but when you pray, go into your room. For me, it's a bedroom, a living room, a car. <laughs> Often it's the beach. <laughs> like, the, the, the room isn't the important thing. Close the door and pray. Here's the second word in approaching God. Pray to your Father. Everybody say Father. Father. Not the universe. Father, who is unseen. And then your, come on, say it with me. Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you, just like it says in Hebrews eleven six that he will, he will reward those who diligently seek him. So who is the him that you are diligently seeking? It's Father. This, then, is how you should pray. He goes on, our Father in heaven. So how do you approach God? Approach him as Father. Again, this is relationally, not transactional. It's not just the transaction of prayer, but it's the relationship that God is after in prayer. He says, approach him as father. So who are you conversing with? You are, you are conversing or having a conversation, which is what prayer is. 
with your heavenly Father, a one that holds a position like no other, nobody else can. So the destination for prayer is not answer prayer. The destination for your prayer is to get to the heart of the Father, the creator of the universe, a real person. So John, John 14, verse 6, I've got a lot of scripture on this. I'm just going to read some of these out because, and expound this a little bit because you will see this now as you go through the Word of God. You'll see Father now over and over and over again. You'll see the importance that that's the destination in prayer. Jesus answered in, in John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Now, here's the destination that he's talking about that we want to get to. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he is the door. Jesus is the way. He's the doorway into the Father. He's the one that cleared the way for you, a sinner, an imperfect person that stuffs it up all the time, regardless what everybody else thinks. He's the one that made a way for you to go and to approach an absolutely perfect, holy God, holy and set apart. He's, he's the reason that you can approach the creator of the universe who is, who is absolutely uh, beyond any dimension that any of us can even think about. He is just, he's, I don't even know what the word, he is awesome. He, he dwells in unapproachable light. His, his ways are past finding out. He, he is just perfect. Take the breath out of you. He is just, he is God. But he's also Father. Father. Your destination is not things when you pray. It's not answers to prayer. It's Father. Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, verse 23, He's talking to his disciples now. He hadn't gone to the cross, but he's talking about when I go away, this is what's going to happen. He says, in that day, the day that he goes away, the day that he isn't with them walking around, he says, in that day, you will ask me nothing. So what's the goal then? Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. We won't go into this, but he had, he had, he's given us the right of, of a, the power, if you will, of attorney. We're going to get into the name of Jesus, but because of Jesus and what he did, and we say that name, Jesus, demons tremble. It's a cuss word to the world, not Buddha or Muhammad, but Jesus. Something about that name that just causes people to get uncomfortable that, that, that needs saving. It's because he's the door. He's given, us the, he's, he's given us the right to approach the Father. He is the power of attorney, and he gives us that name which is above every name, that at that name, demons travel. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, but he's also the doorway. He is the way into the Father. Before that, you had no way. He says, in that day you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So what is prayer? Prayer is connecting with your Father, your Heavenly Father. 
Jesus rarely referred to God as God. Go and read the words and the prayers of Jesus. You'll find out that he hardly ever said God. Well, on the cross, he'd say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because his father turned, had to turn away, couldn't look at the sin as he took all of your sin on, on that cross. But what did he say always? Father, Father, not God, Father, Father. John 20, verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me. This is after the cross, after the resurrection. Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers. He's talking family talk here. And tell them, I'm ascending to my Father. And here's the good news for us. And your Father, to my God and your God. So who is this Father that he's talking about? He said, to the Pharisees, he said, you're of your father, the devil. Uh, father means author. It's the originator. It's the one that, that's the source of everything. If you fathered a child or if you're the uh, father of invention or Abraham was called the father of our faith, which means he stepped out. He's the first one to really exercise this, the God kind of faith was Abraham. Uh, the patriarchs in the Bible, they were, they were referred to as fathers. Now, we have, a, we have a problem in our society because we all have a father. None of us were uh, created without, you know, the birds and the beasts. And we, we have somebody, a biological father, but that person, whoever that person is in your life, whether you love them and they were good or, or you don't love them and they abandoned or they died or whatever, whatever, uh, they're not perfect, so we have, a, we have a problem when we think about father, we think about our earthly father and probably not in the best light often. And so it's, there's a hard, uh, it's really hard to step into the presence of, of a heavenly father thinking about maybe the imperfections of our father here on the planet. But, but your heavenly father is in a class all to himself. Your heavenly father authored you. You would not even be sucking in air if he hadn't ordained it. This planet wouldn't exist. There's nothing that would exist. These stars and all the universe and all the rest of it only exist because he spoke it into existence. So your heavenly father has a nature, and we need to understand who is it that we're talking to? Who are we praying to? I'm so glad that Scripture gives us so much insight and to who the, this Father is. So when we approach Him, we approach Him with faith, but we approach Him according to His nature, not according to our paradigm on how perhaps our earthly Father was good or bad or abandoned or stuck the course or whatever. And, and, and there's so much on this, but Psalm 103, and verse, we're just going to go 8 to 14. I'm doing a bit of teaching this morning, and I believe it's, it's just important that we do that. I could preach. We could just abandon ship right now and just preach and get everybody shouting. But I think it's really important that you understand from the Word of God what, what, it, what it means to approach God as Father. It says, the Lord is, great, the Lord is compassion, compassion and gracious. So this is the nature of the person that you're praying to, that you want to have a conversation, you want to meet with in prayer, the person. This person is not what most people paint him out to be. 
He's, he's, what, he's just ready to just tell you everything you did wrong. He, he's ready to swat you like a fly. He's going to destroy you. You're going to be in big trouble if you go before him because some people see just the judgment side. But he is compassionate and gracious. I'm so thankful. Slow to anger, <laughs> abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. Sometimes he does get mad uh, at some of the stuff that's going down, but he does not treat us as our sins deserve. This, this, remember, this is still Old Covenant. This is Psalms. This is like David deserves death, and he knows that. He's writing about the nature of his father. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. We'll look at the fear of the Lord, but not right now. As far as the earth east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. East never meets west. He has removed your iniquities, your sins, your transgressions that far. They don't they don't touch. He couldn't say that as far as the north is from the south because if you start going one, one direction, if you start going north, eventually you're going to go south. But if you go east, you're always going east. You're never going to start going east and then it's going to turn into west. That just doesn't happen. Is that an education or no? I don't know. Do you understand that? That's how far he's removed your transgression. It doesn't get any farther than that. As a father, here we go, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are just dust. In other words, he sees your defects. He sees your mistakes. He sees all the flaws that you know are in you, that maybe other people can't see. But he also sees the value. He sees you as so valuable that he sent his son to die for you. That's how much love that this person, father, that we approach in prayer is. As a father, I, there isn't anything that I wouldn't do for my family. And I'm talking as a husband as well. Um, we have one, one son, and there's nothing that I wouldn't do for my son. Now, if I, Scripture says, being evil, in other words, not perfect in myself, know how to, how to give good things <laughs> to my child, how much more? If you're a father and you're sitting here right now, you know what I'm talking about. You see the flaws in your children or your child or whatever, if you're uh, a spiritual father here, you know what I'm talking about. You just see the good. You're not there. Like if, some, if, if your kid comes to you and says, oh, man, Dad, I, I screwed up. It's like, well, let's fix it. What can I do? You're not, if you're a good father, you're not going, well, <laughs> you idiot. You know, I, oh, I'm going to make your life rough. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring this up at your 21st birthday party and your engagement party. When I get the microphone, it's going to tell everybody what a misfit, stupid son that I've got. 
God's, God's not doing that. We don't do that. How much more is this person we call Father? He'll do anything for, for you. It's his pleasure, not just his responsibility. So your Father gives you some things. I'll just share these six things, and uh, I believe we need to get a hold of these, and there's more as well. But God gives you, as Father, he gives you your identity. When you start to discover who he is, then you'll discover who you are. Until you know who Father is, you really don't know who you are because you're made in his, in his image. Identity shows you who you are. Number two, he gives you a sense of belonging or, or a home. I like the scripture says, Jesus said, in my father's house, there's many mansions. My home is heaven. I'm destined for heaven. I don't get all wrapped up here on earth about everything. There is mission here on earth. There's something here that God has called you to do. But don't, don't miss your, your assignment. Don't miss the fact that you, if, you're, if you belong to him, your home is heaven, and Father gives you that sense of belonging so that your feet are planted here, and, and they walk out destiny, and they walk out a cause, but don't get wrapped up. This is a monopoly game. At the end of the day, all the money you accumulate, the things, whatever it is that you get, it's all going to get cashed in. This is not the purpose. And I don't think we need to look real far to discover that, uh, you know, even the rich and the famous, their day comes to an end. And when it comes to an end, the, the, the monopoly board gets folded up, and then guess what? They go before the person that created them for purpose. You, you have a home. Your God is our Father who art in heaven, Jesus said. Three is protection. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. As fathers, you know you want to protect your children. How much more does our heavenly Father? Number four, provision. That's why Jesus said this. He says, when you pray, pray our Father. And one of the things he said to pray for our Father, give us this day our daily bread, provision. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31, he says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The pagans run after these things and your heavenly Father, Father knows that you have need of them. Philippians 4, 9, 10, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Number five, he gives you direction. Proverbs 20, 24, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How can anyone understand their own way? Without God, I'm lost, but I'm not without God. And number six, and we'll, we'll, um, this one here will take a little bit uh, of time to teach on, but number six is discipline. I know. It's a nasty word, and it's not something that's done too much today in the, with our biological or in, in the physical world. Uh, you don't touch your kids, or you get in big trouble. Uh, them's kind of like the, the whole woke thing and all the rest of it. Well, spare the rod, spoil the child. I'm not talking about child abuse at all. And there are ways to discipline children, and as parents, you need to know that you have to do that. It's part of the father's responsibility as well to discipline 
the children. So I want to read to you about how God does this, and we're still talking about prayer. Now, we have not deviated from that. We're just talking about approaching God in prayer as our heavenly Father, compassionate, slow to anger, all the things we talked about. Hebrews 12, 5. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement? I like this. That addresses you as father, addresses a son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. This is an encouraging word. Don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. One of the things that Father does when you approach Father in prayer is he will, he will tell you things. Not that you just want to hear, and here's, here's some goodies at the end, but a lot of the times, most of the time, <laughs> when I'm talking with the Father, says, you know, we need to get some things right here. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what is it? Mainly it's with people. Get your attitude right. When it comes to things, get your attitude right in everything, not for everything, but 1 Thessalonians 5. In everything, give thanks. For this is my will for you. You've been whinging a lot. You've been complaining. You haven't approached me in faith. You've just approached me with all the baggage and all the things you're holding against people and all the disappointments and almost as if I don't hear you. Let's get it right. So there's a disciplinary action, if you will, that the Father has that role when it comes to prayer. It's, it's, to, it's to help you make a course correction. If you're going, on the, you're going down the wrong course, because like we said, it gives you direction, but you're going in the wrong direction in, in, in many ways, he'll pull you up on that. It's part of what, what happens when you approach the Father in prayer. He disciplines you, as any father does. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. That means daughter as well. So in other words, if you're not disciplined, if, you're not, if he's not pulling you up in something, then, then probably you got another father. The Pharisees were in the wrong direction. Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. What were they doing? They were judging all the time. Judging who? Other people, especially the righteous. They're, they're there to Johnny on the spot to say to Jesus, ah, oh, you broke the law. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Caught you. Well, he didn't break any of the law. But they were there. And he said, you're of your father, the devil. That's not originated from, the fa- from, from my heavenly father. That's originated from another source. And, and the devil won't pull you up for doing righteousness. He'll encourage you. Hey, well done. <laughs> you know, Maybe you should drink a bit more. Maybe you should swear a bit. Maybe you should gossip a bit more. Maybe you should tell everybody about everybody's faults. He's the ultimate encourager when it comes to his work. But the Heavenly Father will pull you up for your own good. Endure hardship as discipline. God God is treating you as his children. For what child, what children rather, are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. So I would worry if God's not pulling me up somewhere uh, on, in some area that I need pulling up on and discipline, 
I'd be worried. Maybe, I'm, maybe I got the wrong guy that I'm following there. And then he tells us this, and this is how God does discipline. I want you to pay attention now, because moreover, he says, we have, we have had human fathers who disciplined us, and respect, we respected them for it. Now, my father, bless his heart, he's in heaven now, but growing up, my father worked um, firstly in the factory for four, and then he became um, uh, a manager. And, and he had to wear these steel-tipped sh shoes. Dad had a 13-and-a-half size, pretty big feet, with a steel-tipped steel caps for protection in the factory. And Dad disciplined us boys in our flesh, in the big part of our flesh. Dad could kick a field goal, believe me, from 60 meters out. Like, Dad, Dad did it. So if we stuffed up really bad, we knew what, <laughs> what the punishment was going to be. It was bend over and get brace yourself. You're about to go through the goalpost. Now, I don't recommend that at all, not at all. But my point is this, the fathers of your flesh discipline you how? In your flesh. That's how we discipline. God does not discipline in the flesh. In other words, God's not putting cancer on you because you got it wrong. If you get it wrong, you might be opening the door for something, but God's not the author of evil. God doesn't tempt people with evil. So don't say that when you're tempted, you're tempted by, by evil with God. He doesn't discipline. All human fathers who disciplined us, we respected them for it. How much more should we submit, and here's the key to how God disciplines, to the Father of spirits and live. If your physical father, father disciplines you in the flesh, your fleshly father, how do you think your spiritual father disciplines you? In the spirit. So we are spiritual children of God, and God's, God's word is spirit and life. It's a two-edged sword. And when you go into prayer and you approach the Father, sometimes what God's going to share with you isn't just how to get the goodies that you come in there asking for, but he's, he's, he's going to share some things that you need to, to, to take authority over and discipline. And that, that mainly is probably your tongue. And, 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 and God will discipline you with his word. Sometimes I'll go to the word and it's like, Oh, here we go. I'll be praying, and I don't selectively just skip through the bits that I like to get, you know, and skip past all the other bits. It's like, oh, here we go. God will say, this is what my word says. Now, let's take some time and talk about this. Let's have a father-son chat. Doors shut. I'm in my prayer closet. You know the way you spoke to that person? God, they deserved it. <laughs> I want you to pray for them. Get your attitude right, son. And then he's got scriptures. He's always got scriptures for everything. He wrote the word. He disciplines you in your spirit when you go to prayer. It says here, how much more should we submit? 
That's what, in prayer, you've got a choice. When God reveals something to you, He speaks into your heart, you've got a choice. You're either going to obey that, receive it as discipline from, from God, from the Father, or you're going to disobey. Verse 10, they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, talking about your physical fathers. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. We make course corrections. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Oh, thank God for the Father. Thank God for the discipline of the Lord. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God that when I go and approach God by faith and as Father, that, that He speaks to me and doesn't leave me on a bad course so that I can stuff my life up. Thank God that He shares with me with every temptation. It says that it that tries to overtake us. God has given a way out of every one of those. Thank God that He's Father. Now, we're going to close in a moment, but Jesus said this when you pray. He said, pray our Father. And here's your takeaway. You're not an only child. God's a family guy. There's a whole family you got brothers and sisters in heaven. you got brothers and sisters on earth. And he says, pray our Father. In other words, have the rest of the family in mind. I see Christians all the time, and they do things purely as if they're the lone ranger in this whole thing, and they don't, they're, they're not connected to the rest of the body. So they'll make decisions without thinking, okay, how is this going to affect other people with, without any regard to how this is going to go down with the brothers and sisters, the family, as if he's just your father, my father. Jesus didn't say, when you pray, say, my father who art in heaven. No, no, no. Our father. We're connected. Your father has a family. You have a family. And, and as a father, you fight for your family. God's fighting for the family. We're going to close with this, but Ephesians 3.14, Paul's praying this prayer, and this is an amazing prayer. I read this, and I think, wow, Paul, you got it. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. He's praying now. I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Notice that Paul's prayer is focused on the family. He's focused on our, not me. He's not praying for himself. He's praying for us outwardly so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's the first one again to approach God. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, not by yourself, to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled 
through the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations. Amen. When we understand the price that he paid, not just for me, but for you and for everybody else, when we understand the price that we pay, we'll know how to access him and how to approach him. We'll, we'll know how to come boldly to his throne of grace, not just in time of our own need, but in time of others. We see people all the time in the body of Christ who fall, they mess up, and it's like thumbs can't type it in the newsfeed fast enough. And I see people that are, I don't know, supposed to be part of the same family, <laughs> brothers and sisters. And the, and, and the bad news about pastors, preachers, and other people falling goes faster than the speed of light. I think, man, whenever I hear something about somebody that's fallen, I, I, get a, I, I just can't help it. I, my heart breaks. I get on my knees. I'm not sharing dirty laundry. I'm just not sharing dirty laundry. I'm praying for that person because it's our Father. He's a family, he's a family guy. He's a family God. So when we're praying, we need to approach God in faith, but we need to approach our, our Father. Give us, give us, not me. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Father, I thank you right now for every person that's listening, that's here, and for others that might be watching or listening online. I pray that your word would sink in, that you would guide and direct us through your word. And Lord, if you do discipline us, I, we know it's because you love us. And I thank you for every person that's receiving this word. Also pray and give an opportunity. If you're not a child of God and God's not your father, then the devil is that you would renounce that Father and turn to the Father in heaven, that each of us would come to realize that you're not just the abstract God Almighty, but you are our Father who deeply wants relationship with all of us through prayer. So if you want to pray this prayer after me, you can pray this out loud. Say, Dear God, I turn from doing it my way, approaching anyone or anything else to you and call you Father. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way for me to get to the Father. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. 
or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.